have done this, all of us can look back and say, I remember a season when I went in the wrong direction. And I can tell you a reason why some of us went in the wrong direction. Bad examples. It's what I talked about last week. Go look up the sermon. It's so easy sometimes to follow people who are like the Pharisees. Jesus said to them, he said, he said guys, um, do not do what they do. Listen to what they say, but don't follow their example. Because they say one thing and do another. They draw near to me with their mouth, but their heart's far from me. Now, that sounds like a lot of religious people. And I'm telling you, that's why in this season of reflection that I'm in, uh, it's, it's prompting me. I'm going to call some prayer meetings with you. We're going to get some prayer meetings together. I got some ideas. I ain't going to say it now. And, I, and the book that we're reading of the month, wow. Put that up, Brian. Man, you need to get this book. This thing will take you down the road and lift your soul to a new place. Yes, it will. It will challenge you. It will lift you. And I, I just believe that reading is one of the things that lifts your life to another place. It changes everything. And so I want you to get this book. And the name of the book is Phenomenal. Let me see if I can get the name of the book up because I ain't got it up here either. Is it up right there? You go. Change your heart. Change your life. That will help you. That will change a lot of how you see things, a lot of how you view things. And I think sometimes what we, what we don't get is a clearer way of thinking. Here's something he said. He said, you feel the way you think. You think the way you believe. Mm. A lot of times, the issue you have in your life, the reason you follow the kind of advice you follow, the reason you live, it's the way you think. And it's tied to your belief system. This will help you. I'm, I'm, I hope you get it. Read it with me. And I'm, I'm going to say a name. Sheila Bishop and I are going to team together. They, see, I need help for me to do things right sometimes. I started, had y'all read a book before? I get all, so I got all this stuff going on. And so it was good. But I'm gonna, I got a teammate. We're going to build a reading team. And how many of you like to read? Raise your hand. Oh, really? Okay, let me, let me see. Watch this. How many of you would read a book? A quarter with me. All right. Watch well, to see if it's going to go down now, right? How many will read a book every two months with me? Two months. Okay, I see the numbers going down. How many are going to read a book a month with me? It's fewer, kind of, sort of. Okay. A quarter it is. Amen. Quarter wins. So we're going to read a book a quarter. Stop trying to do once a month. See, make me tired, you tired, everybody tired. Even though I, I read more than that, trust me. But what we're going to do is uh, we're gonna, we're gonna, we'll tell you how it's going to be. I told her she's going to be the pastor of the book club. And uh, she's going to help me organize it. She's going to tell me how we're going to structure it, when we're going to meet, and all that. So everybody say, everybody, all in favor of Sheila Bishop, Elder Sheila Bishop, to be over the book club for the help the pastor make a consistent effort to read with the congregation. Say aye. Aye. Any opposed or wanted to do it? Okay, good. She wins. <laughs> she's in. Let's vote her in. Give her a hand clap. She's involved. She's connected. So if it don't go right, talk about her. Don't talk about me. I'm going to leave it there now. Pray. <laughs> she going to tell me later, now you know you ain't right. I said, ah, you, you, you're the president of the book club. Amen. So when you see her, say, Madam President, when you see her. Don't do that. She won't like it. Don't do it. 
Uh, she's our church administrator. Those of you that are watching don't know who she is. She's our church administrator, a great person, loves to read, real good student, master's degree, trained, and a registered nurse, trained, and, 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 and. She's a bad lady. That's why I hired her. All right, moving on. Uh, let me give you, if I can, three reasons, four, four things that I want to talk about this month regarding this topic that I think are important. And I think the book I recommended to you will help you with that, but let me give you four things. We talked about last week the reason that some people go in the wrong direction is because they follow bad examples. Can you say bad examples? For a lot of the times in our lives, when we look back, we can see the reason we made certain decisions because we got bad examples. That can be family examples. They didn't teach you how to take care of yourself. They didn't teach you how to, how to um, be a good economic steward. That's why you don't know how to manage money. Your mom and dad didn't teach you. Your family didn't teach you. They taught you. They let you. They lived all over the place. A lot of times, the reason you eat the way you eat is because your family taught you to eat that way. They told you that's okay. They finally they love. They even crack jokes and they make fun of it. The reason that you don't exercise, the family didn't exercise. A lot of times, it's your family environment, the culture. I love the word culture. The word culture comes from the word has to, uh, is linked to the word cultivate, and, and it, it's a word that's rooted in the idea of planting something and watching it grow. Look at your family results. It was grown, cultivated, nurtured. We are growing criminals. We're growing people, cultivating the environment that we're in. That can sound horrible. You want to distance yourself from it. But if you are part of the farming plan, you are part of the issue. The whole family culture was cultivated. Our sexual attitudes, the way we respond to money, anger, fighting, all that's cultivated. And sometimes we don't realize we're growing dragons. You trying to blame me for all that my kids did? No. I'm just telling you, you're not totally innocent. You are a part of the plan. I didn't say to make yourself feel bad. Here's the big reason. God was perfect, but Adam and Eve were not. Your kids can decide to do what you didn't teach them. Can I get an amen to that? So I don't want you to get under guilt and start saying, I'm saying it's all you. What I'm saying is, be honest enough to look at what you've done and own the parts you've done. I don't take nothing from nobody. That's why your kids fight. They cuss because you cussed. Own the cussing part. See, I did teach them to cuss now. I was good at that. Black belt, cussing. So you have to be clear. If you had sexual attitudes that were all over the place, that's how they're like that. They, they, they big on love too. Loving everybody they can. You can't be confused that your son cheated on his wife because he's always seen that in the family. Everybody does it. Can I get an amen or am I by myself in here today? So it's something about understanding what we cultivate. Bad examples cultivate bad results. And so sometimes we have to pause and see that. Number two, today we'll talk about bad advice. There's something about that. And next week we'll talk about bad fathering. And that's Father's Day. So that's going to be in person at 11 o'clock. All guys, all, I expect all the brothers to be, all of you to be here. Everybody be here. At 11, what time is it going to start? 11 o'clock. There will be a 9 o'clock online. You can watch if you want to. But 11 o'clock will be streamed and it will be in person and we'll be talking about bad fathering. And let me tell you something. It's amazing what we're going to learn. It's called fathering in the wrong direction. And it's, it's, it's not a sermon that's going to make guys feel bad. As a matter of fact, at the end of it, I'm going to surprise you about what I'm going to say. But let me give you three key advice moments that the king we're going to study today lived in. His name was Rehoboam, 
and he's the son of Solomon. Daddy's died. He's now in charge, and he's got all the stuff that daddy left him. He's rich, multi-millionaire, billionaire guy. He's got everything. He is now in charge of everything Solomon built. Imagine the daddy. 1 Kings chapter 12, verse 1 says this. Rehoboam went to Shechem, for all Israel had gone there to make him king. When Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, heard this, he was still in Egypt, where he had fled from King Solomon. He returned from Egypt. So they sent for Jeroboam. They did what? From Jer- to, for, for Jeroboam. And he and the whole assembly of Israel went to Rehoboam and said to him. Now, let me stop here for a second. Let me talk about these two names. Rehoboam, say Rehoboam. Jeroboam. Jeroboam is a servant. Rehoboam is the son of Solomon. Years ago, it was prophesied because of Solomon's uh, over a thousand wives and women in his life that it turned his heart from God. A prophecy was given that Jeroboam would be king. And the reason that God said this to Jeroboam, it was to alert him to God's plan for his life. Well, King Solomon heard about it. Jeroboam had to run for his life, right? And so Jeroboam now has been away. But when Solomon died, his son takes over, and the people sent to get, guess who? Jeroboam. To represent them. Now, here's what's going to be interesting. When you read the rest of the story with me, you're going to notice that Jeroboam never asked to be king. Jeroboam never asked to be in this position. Some of you can relate to this. You didn't ask to be promoted as supervisor. You just happened to be a humble person in the right place, and you were selected. Now, everybody else thinks you, you hope the person got fired. No, you just happened to get the opportunity. That's what Jeroboam is. He's not an opportunist. He doesn't do too well long term but at this point in his life he's okay but watch what happens the bible says in verse five i'm sorry go go to verse um verse four here's what they say jeroboam is kind of their spokesman your father put a heavy yoke on us but now lighten the harsh labor and i want you to hear this there is this incredible heavy load that is put on everybody under Solomon. Now, that is amazing to me. He's wise, the wisest man on the earth, but he's insensitive. He's so focused on building his career and all the buildings and all the stuff that he's not paying attention to how hard it is on the people. My opinion is I think church can be the same way. I think families can be the same way. You don't realize how hard it is on people. And so they say just lighten the load. What did they ask him to do? That's all. They didn't say they didn't want to work. They just ask him to do what? Lighten the load. That's all. And, and I think sometimes employers don't hear you. Because they're so busy trying to grow the business, they don't think long term. There's something about lightening the load for teachers, lightening the load for people that work for you. Can you adjust the hours? Can you make, can you make the pay better? What can you do so that people don't die under the weight of it? Well, he was advised to be, number one, fair and commit to serving people. Can you just lighten the load? Can you just be fair? 
That was the first piece of advice he was given. The second piece of advice he was given was to change, change. Look at verse 5. Rehoboam answered, go away for three days, come back to me. So the people went away. Now watch this now. They, they went away hoping that they had gotten through. You ever had that moment with somebody you hope you got through, you hope you made a connection? So for three days, how many days? Three, three days. They go away and they, they think about it. Verse 6, then King Rehoboam consulted the elders who had served his father, Solomon, during his lifetime. Now this is important. He goes to the old guys, the guys who knew, the guys who were under Solomon. And this is what they said. How would you advise me to answer these people, he asked. Great question. There's nothing like asking the right people. For some people, the reason their life will never go in the right direction is because they, they're too proud to ask. How do you manage money? How do you fix this? How do you change our marriage? How do you improve our communication? You're not willing to ask anything. You're trying to do it your way. That's why you have your results. Now, I want you to listen to this. They replied. Now, these are the people who are with Solomon. They replied. If today you will be a servant to these people and serve them and give them a favorable answer, they will always, what does it say? They will what? Always. One more time. They will what? Always, always be your what? Servant. Servants. Here's what he, the advice he was given was change. First he's told, I want, you to, I want you to think about changing. He was advised to be fair and commit to serve. He was advised to change. Secondly, change. Don't be that way. Be a servant leader. Now, we can spend the rest of the time just talking about servant leadership. Being a boss, this is, power really affects people, man. I'm telling you, it really does. I, I've had my dose of it. I mean, opportunity and all that stuff. And, and you got to really be a mature person to manage power and advantage. I call it celebrity training. You have to learn how to have it. We see it in sports, people making huge amounts of money, and you waving a gun around. Lord Jesus, help me, Father. I'm praying for that wonderful young man who can play. I said, no, not waving it one time, but then two times, Lord, can we just pray? Losing $100 million over that, I tell you what, I, would, I wouldn't be waving a toy gun. I wouldn't wave anything. I'd just hold a basketball up. Anyway, so... But here, here's what you see. Culture. Culture can't be hidden. Money amplifies who you really are. This guy is asking the right people for advice. But watch what he does. He turns around and he asks foolish people. Verse 8. Rehoboam rejected the advice the elders gave him. Before he even gets to anybody, he rejected it and he consulted with the brothers in the hood. With the young men, Bubba, uh, Cool Breeze, and Popo, who had grown up with him, serving him. They were yes men. He asked them, what is your advice? Now, let me tell you something. Your life, if you go back in your mind, you can think of somebody that gave you some bad advice. Leave him. Leave him. What did he do? Oh, leave him. Then you see them with him. 
<laughs> you see, they tell you to quit your job. Just quit. Just walk off the job. Let them know you won't take that. And now they're unemployed. You're unemployed, and they got money. They still there. And then they moved up to your position. See, listening to bad advice. And so what happens, they listen to the bad. He said, how should we answer these people who say to me, lighten the yoke, and your father put, put, put on us? The young men who had grown up with him replied, verse 10, watch this. These people have said to you, your father put a yoke on us, but make our yoke lighter. Bottom line, he tells them, no, make it harder. If you read on in the text, make it harder. Let them know your little finger is going to be harder than everything your daddy ever did. Let them know that you're tough. Now, this is where you, you, you see his life change. Bad advice gives you bad results. How do you know you've listened to bad advice? Look at your results. Let's just start with that. If you want to know if you've heard, listened to good advice, look at the results. And what happened was a moment that, that changed everything in Israel. Because when he did that, watch the results of this bad advice, verse 16. When all Israel saw that the king refused to listen to them, they answered the king, what share do we have in David? Or in other words, what's in it for us? There's nothing in this for us. There are 12 tribes of Israel hanging with this guy who's leading. There's nothing in it for us. So you know what they did? They left. Ten tribes separated. So now he was over two. And guess who? Jeroboam had how many? Ten. All because he wouldn't listen. Whose advice are you listening to? Who's talking to you? Bubba, Cool Breeze, Popo? Who's talking to you? What qualifies them to give you that advice? They done gone through five relationships and they got you about to get rid of yours, listening to them. Now, I'm not saying that sometimes you shouldn't walk away from things. I understand that. But I want you to think about this for a minute. I wrote down as I closed some advice I was given that's bad. Bad advice that was, that was implied by those around me. What's interesting is sometimes advice isn't spoken, it's implied. Because you are around bad advice, you emulate it. Bad examples. Here's some bad advice I got. You ready? Invest all your energy, Ricky, in spiritual development. Be really spiritual. And a little on your physical health. I was in decent shape, but I mean, I'm, honestly, if you think about the time I pray compared to the time I work out, compare the time, that's the, that was implied. Secondly, invest in leveraging money. I love that, leveraging money, creating options, right? And embracing debt and believe God will provide. Debt, just charge it up, run it up. Man, I'm telling you something. You want to be free? Get free from that. Number three. Now, I understand there's good debt, bad debt. I understand college, school, I get that. Some of you, I'm not, I'm not against that. You got to ride, you got to drive, you got to have a house. But I'm not talking about just that. I'm talking about stuff we don't need. I had credit card debt I didn't need. I made too much money to have credit card debt. But you just start going around flashing your American Express card and flashing your Visa card and sliding and vacationing and not saving for it, doing stuff. If you're not careful, 
I survived my madness. I work hard. I'm fine. Praise God. But I'm telling you, I learned the danger of death. The church, I learned the danger of us. I'm telling you, I, the bank's nice to us, but I do not have any dreams of staying in relationships where I owe a whole bunch of money. Can I get an amen, somebody? Number three, invest in, well, this is important, invest in building facilities as a primary focus instead of building small groups, and, small groups and people. If you're not careful, you're more interested in building a business, facilities, more than you are your home, your marriage. If I'm not careful, if you, most churches, it's all about a building program. We are not in a building program right now. We do have some exciting stuff I'll tell you about down the road. It's really exciting, but not today. At some point in your life, and I do, I do have some building dreams. I've got some things we're working on that are really exciting. But I'm telling you, the, the, the one thing I've learned is you need to be careful when your whole life as a church is centered around just buildings and not building people. Are you hearing me, church? It's important. Number four, invest in your family, love life, career, and development. I was told that. All right, Ricky, invest in your family. Invest in your love life. Invest in your career and your own personal development, and not yourself. You're so focused on all the things outside of you. You are last on the list, always. You have lost touch with yourself. That was bad advice in my life. I needed to have a balance in my life. Debt is necessary. Friends and people in my life that help me and I, I can love but not lose sight of me. I need to focus on my spiritual development, but also on my physical health. I need to balance it all out and not get lost. There was some good advice, though, that I was told. And this is what I have learned to live out of. Sow what you want to reap. Say that with me, please. Come on. Galatians 6 and 7 says, whatsoever man invests in, that's what he's going to reap. I'm, I, I think about what I want to be, and I, that's what I invest in. Secondly, create a version of yourself. I love this. I love this. I love this. I say it all the time. Create a version of yourself that you can respect and look in the mirror and admire. That's, my, look, that, that's good advice. Thirdly, choose friends that advance your life and don't distract your focus. Choose friends that advance your life and don't distract your focus. Somebody's always got you tied up in their world and their crisis and their problem. That is not good for you. I can help you a little bit. I can counsel you a little bit. I have a I pastor close to 3,000 people, 24, 2,500 people. I'm telling you, plus, I, that's just the membership that's active. And then I got a bunch of other folks I talk to, a bunch of hundreds of preachers. I've learned not to allow myself to dwell in their land. I did not sow that harvest. I don't live in that land, and I don't dwell in that land all day long. Come on, say amen if you hear me, Jake. You are too full of other people's issues. And then number four, I've learned this. Be transparent and live in truth rather than in impressive hypocrisy. Impressive hypocrisy. The truth. God, I hate when the Lord says, say that. And I say, I don't want to talk about that. You ever had that in your mind? You're talking and you just want to end the sermon and sit down. And the Lord said, why don't you tell them about that? Impressive hypocrisy, Temple. Be honest with yourself. 
Be honest with your faith. Be honest with your health. You know, when you're on the video, watch this. You ready? You get that side shot? I told him, all right, cut that off now. Now, why are you going to put it up there? Look at it. He keeps being funny back there. There it is. Now, that's a good shot. But for a minute, and some of y'all saw it. Don't say nothing. He said, oh, it's coming out there on it, man. It's coming. And then some of you would say something to me. I just get so cranky. But it's the truth. Let's just meditate for a minute. You can lie to yourself. You can lie to yourself. And I'm not making fun of people who are working through things. Don't make, don't, don't read this wrong. But I must say for Ricky, be transparent. That's what you just saw. And live in truth rather than impressive hypocrisy. You can't change until you admit it. Give me an amen. amen. Come on, give me an amen. Stand on your feet for the last word. I got one more point. This is why preachers need to end on time. See, I need to finish 25 minutes. I'm almost done. That makes me know I'm going to finish now because you're up. That's right. Music him helps. That's good. Last thing. Create good cultural rituals. Routines. Realizing life is a long distance run. This is some good advice I got. Create a good cultural ritual. Get up on time. Be honest with yourself. Good work habits. Do what you're supposed to do. Sounds simple, right? Check your email. Do your work. Give you, cut the TV off. Stop watching the game. They're millionaires. You're a hundredaire. If you got work to do, tape it. Watch it later. Handle your business. Be honest when you're wrong. Create a good cultural environment. wife says something to me man we were sitting on the couch watching something and she said see this right here do more of this I said what you mean she said uh, just this Ricky Temple is an extrovert she says in the public at home, he's an introvert. Ricky Temple will go in the office and he'll study all day. And her point was, no, you, you do give me a lot of time. We hang out, got Mondays and all that, but just a little bit more of this. A little bit more, that's all. Just a little bit. Can someone say that to you? A little less cussing? A little less anger, a little less moodiness, a little bit less, please. It's good advice, people. Let's, come on, that's good advice. 
So the next time we was on the couch, I said, is this enough? <laughs> it's enough, Rick. Now you can go do something else. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word today and all that's been said. We pray the word has lifted our hearts and minds these, these minutes together. This hour and 22 minutes. We pray the spirit of God has spoken to us. And may it lift our hearts and minds to a new place. I pray that the spirit of the living God would give us strength and grace. I pray it would transform our lives. I pray, God, that your spirit would bring healing and grace and strength. And that, God, your power would be real today. May your hand of grace be strong upon us. May you give us grace and power. May you help us to be people who hear you, who know you, who are true and connected to you. Father, I give you all the praise and all the glory for the difference you're going to make today. In Jesus' name. And Father, does anybody here that doesn't know you as Savior, may this be that moment that they say, Jesus, come into my life and be the Lord of my life from this day forward. And so, God, be glorified, be praised today. In Jesus' name. And everybody say amen.